Hey, hey, ladies, it's your host, Portia Thomas, and you are listening to Go Work Girls Radio. That's how you know there's not enough shit out here, because you can go to someone's house and be like, oh my God, bitch. That's the one book I got to in college about cooking and in college. Yeah. I was trying to learn how to cook. Yep. And um, yep. Then he told you about the knives, your ingredients. Yeah, I learned a lot of shit. I really mm-hmm. like it. I mean, this is what it took. a pillar, po- <laughs> pillar po- blog right now. The ultimate guide. Yeah. Those are very popular. Exactly. Um, but what I didn't realize was that there was a man on the front, and it meant get him, girl. Get him, girl. I mm-hmm. thought. It was just like, here's how you learn how to cook. Oh, no. You, he's cooking then, so you can get him, girl. <laughs> once I realized <laughs> during the forward or whatever, like, oh, mm-hmm. this is um how you catch a man. Time. I was like, yeah. <laughs> Cook for him. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner, dessert. Yeah, then I felt like not as feminist anymore. <laughs> bunch of, it's a bunch of black ladies doing their thing. No <laughs> I'm proud of that. Mm-hmm. I'm proud of that. So the early, early 2000s, early 2000s, late 2000s. That was cool. Here we go. Okay, so hi everyone. <laughs> We've been recording. <laughs> Decided to hit you with the surprise. You got me. This is the first ever Go Work Girls podcast episode ever in our lives. Although we did practice last week, I'm here with Miss Sadia Bell. Hey, hey. One of my friends from probably like 2013. But that's when we met, and actually we were just acquaintances who said hello at at an event. Mm -hmm. Um, Now it's 2017, and we're in my small apartment, which is really cute still, here in my neighborhood, the Highlands. We're in Atlanta, Georgia. Do it for the stunt. Let's do it for the stunt. (laughs) (laughs) And Sadia is here. We're going to talk about um, our lives and pivoting and making things work. And what do we say? Things when they seem like they don't match how they actually do. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Dia, talk about who you are and how we are standing in the kitchen. Absolutely. So as Portia so eloquently said already, my name is Sadia. The way you're going to remember that is what I tell everyone. It's like quesadilla, the Mexican food, but without the K. So just Sadia, you're welcome. Um, <laughs> so we're standing in this kitchen because throughout these last four years, I feel like Portia and I have been silently vigilantly and unapologetically creating our dreams while simultaneously doing what makes us happy every single day. But it took us a little time to recognize that, to be quite honest. So I come to you today, a person that does not work for a company, gets all her money all by herself, and somehow it seems to have happened accidentally through me doing what I was supposed to do and realizing it might not get me to where I actually wanted to be, the life I wanted to lead, and um, combining or acknowledging what my interests were and where I really flourished and how that's got me to where I am today, which is a small business owner, living the life that I want, being a mindset coach and a practical life skills educator. Because there's a lot of things that a lot of us don't know that we should. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can't, can't deny that. 
Mm-hmm. Okay, so what I wanted to do with this podcast, since I have not explained what happened to Lady Preneur League, um, which we'll talk about and how I even started that, mm-hmm. uh, I wanted this episode to include Sudia because we were just doing what we do, talking and brainstorming and laughing loud. Um, and I realized we have similar stories with how we've had to change things. And um, let's get started. Let's talk about it. So, original master plans. Everybody's thinking of a master plan. <laughs> Every day. Yes. Um, we are 30s people. Early 30s. Great. Let's claim it. Early 30s. I love it. You know, I don't <laughs> like when people don't say how old they are. Me neither. Um, I am 31 to be exact. I think when I get older, I'm 32. There we go. <laughs> I think when I get older, I'm going to be like, I'm 70 fucking eight. And That's I look damn I good. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> That's what I'm going to do. All right. So that's future Porsche. Anyways, mm-hmm. so when we graduated college, we're both creative ladies. Oh, we're writers. We can talk about that too. Yes, we can. Yeah, we're not even supposed to be podcasting. We're supposed to be writing. Exactly. Um, and what happened to writers? I graduated in 2009. And there wasn't a place for me to go right at where I thought I was going to go. So Mm -hmm. I had to switch it up. And then tell us about your graduation story. (laughs) So my graduation story almost never actually took place, to be quite honest. I'm originally from New York. And the one thing that I knew in going to college was that I wanted to get out of New York. I knew that if I didn't, I would probably be stuck there. And for most people, New York is like the dream, I would yeah, imagine. That's where I thought I was going to go to. Exactly. But um, because of my family, not like I have this horrible family upbringing, but I just knew that even in New York, I was limited because what you know becomes everything you know eventually, even in a melting pot like New York City. And I wanted to very young face my fear I wanted to step out of my comfort zone because I realized how being in my comfort zone forever would stop me so I knew one thing and that was that I wanted to come down south to go to college I was victim to Usher and little John and the yeah I mean I was all about that life I mean that's if we're being honest, I also <laughs> wanted in even my young adolescent age to prove a point from the very beginning because I'd always gone to private schools okay. and I got into every college that I applied to. Mm. And it bothered me that when I got into Spelman, even though I knew it was the creme de la creme of a black college, mm-hmm. that these people at my school did not value or honor that achievement. Hmm. So I basically said that's where I wanted to go because I was very proud of my cultural heritage mm-hmm. and I wanted to represent all day long mm-hmm. black power. Basically. <laughs> and I got down there and I actually hated it. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, I went there because I wanted to filled with like-minded people, women that look like me, because I was so used to being one of the few. Mm -hmm. And eventually, you fast forward that story, I ended up at Savannah College of Art and Design. I got both my Bachelor's of Fine Arts and Master's of Fine Arts. And the real test of going to an art school is that I accumulated a ton of school debt. And so the initial idea of being this 
beautiful writer that just wrote lovely articles about what I wanted to do ended up not being the reality very quickly after graduating. And I realized I was going to have to make money. And all of a sudden, I started feeling very suffocated very quickly with my options, mm-hmm. to be quite honest. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So, yeah. I think I have similar sentiment. I graduated thinking um, I was going to move to New York, actually, because I'm from Lubbock, Texas, complete opposite of Sadia. She wants to get away from the city, and I'm like, please let me go. Tired of the cotton fields mm-hmm. and dirt. Um <laughs> But didn't get to do it. But I was actually in Dallas before, um, which wasn't too bad. But um, yeah, I I didn't get a job writing, so I decided I would start my own thing. And online was the way to be. So I wanted to do a magazine. And this was when um, Going Green was trendy. Mm-hmm. Is Going Green trendy still? I mean, definitely. Kale is the next level to going that. Going Green. <laughs> People don't call it that anymore, though. No. What is it? Well, what is that called? Eco, wellness. Yeah, wellness. Um, health and Sustainability. Wellness. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. Oh, wow. So anyway, I wanted to start a magazine about that, which I don't think is necessary nowadays either. Um, but then, and it also then, I don't think it was necessary, <laughs> which is why it doesn't exist anymore. But I got like a part-time job as a marketing person, which is why my projects look great because I've been marketing for a while. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I decided to start a business not knowing how to start a business. And that's because I didn't get the job I wanted, so I was going to create it, mm-hmm. um, which I think is awesome and ambitious. But the way I went about it was great because it taught me a lot, but it was so stupid. Mm-hmm. Like, um, in real, real, real terms, I did everything. I felt like we did everything we were supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, we went to the schools. We we followed the rules, Portia. And what I was promised, what I thought I deserved, it seemed to not be coming to me. And then I started to think even deeper about it. And I really started asking myself, you know, if I did everything I was supposed to do and the next step is this and this next step isn't going according to plan, it just made me pause for a second Mm -hmm. and really get an idea and ask myself the real question of, what am I trying to do? What life am I trying to lead? And put it into a very real life context. There were certain aspects. I think when I graduated, it was like I doubted myself to a very real level. And so I started working with small businesses to begin with. Mm-hmm. Um, like some people, I'm pretty sure. Um, I did the whole application. I start, I created a resume, wrote cover letters. I did everything. And it was like, I couldn't get a job, but it was more than just that feeling. Mm-hmm. It was, I know I am a very dedicated, loyal, valuable individual outside of just my skills. And it felt like I was begging people (laughs) to acknowledge who I was. And if that's how, this is how I took it. If that's how this relationship was going to start, I already knew that this relationship was not going to be as beneficial to me as I was hoping it was going to be. So as soon as I graduated, instead of even getting what I would thought of initially as getting sucked into the corporate world, I very quickly wanted to identify for myself 
what I wanted my day-to-day life to look like. What that meant with my interaction with people, what I enjoyed Mm -hmm. doing, who I actually was and what areas I actually flourished in Mm -hmm. that I realized that other people didn't flourish in and the things that I thought I would flourish in, how I didn't or it wasn't my natural disposition basically. So after graduating, I made a very conscious decision to not get a traditional job, but it wasn't like it was my choice. It was forced upon Mm -hmm. me, but I was able to see the light in that. Just move through it and stop dwelling on it. Yes. Um, I think parallel to that, I, when I interned at Daily Candy, it was like 2007. That's when I knew I did not want a traditional job Mm because my editor worked from coffee shops. She dressed so cute. I loved her apartment. I was like, this is what I want for Mm -hmm. myself. Um, How can I have this? Which is, again, is why I tried to start the magazine so I could create it. When I moved to D.C. to try to make this magazine real with the person I'd selected as a business partner, but without really realizing um, what you need to be a business partner, which is a totally another story. (laughs) It's Mm -hmm. so bad. I mean, it's great. It's hilarious. Um, Several years later, not crying in a closet anymore. But anyway... (laughs) Could not find a job in D.C. And I was like, damn it, I got to go back to school because I'm obviously not smart enough to be in this city. I'm a creative freelancing with my Texas clients, making Texas money in an expensive ass city. And I was like, I'm trying to live um, and use the metro or whatever. I Mm -hmm. forget what it's called. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) I'm like, they're Marta. (laughs) So much better. But anyway, (laughs) I'm like spending all my freelance money on the damn train. And then I'm trying to eat salad. You realize it wasn't sustainable. Yeah. And yeah. then I'm like, didn't want to go because I'm so stubborn. Now. Mm-hmm. And I had to prove a point to myself and my family for leaving Texas to start this magazine with this person I didn't know very well and didn't. Kids are, we were kids trying to have a business. And then what you realize is like kids try to be nice to each other. Like, oh, I can't tell the truth because I need to be nice. Yes. Needed to just be real and have contracts in place. Anyway, long story short, I lose the project I'm working on because of not being educated, which is so important to me with the businesses I've tried to, well, that I have started since then. Um, I had an EIN attached to my name for Mm -hmm. my freelance projects. So I let my partner get an EIN attached to her name for the business that I started. And that little small piece at the moment that I even felt bad about in the moment is how it was easy for whenever we did decide to split and this founder's agreement came out of nowhere, her to say, this is mine because of this small little piece of evidence that proves that it is. Now, whether or not I could have gotten out of that, I don't know, maybe, but I didn't have a lawyer and I had to get the hell out of D.C. Mm -hmm. because I was broke. But that is, I just remembered that today. So both of us kind of started off in failures. Mm -hmm. Like our stories, I didn't excel in the avenue that I thought I was going to school and realizing I got myself into a bigger debt than with at, at my secondary school. And you getting into a relationship with a business partner that also, no foundation with no foundation but for both of us i think both of those experiences led to us ultimately attaining real life education right. in order for us to continue to pursue what ultimately is becoming 
our dream over yeah, here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's definitely um, planned. I realized I planned where I'm at right now, but did not get to it the way I thought. I remember being depressed whenever I signed away my magazine um, because I think I was 27 and when I was like 10, I thought 27, I would have like a Beamer and a house that mm-hmm. I owned. And I was flying back to Texas, to Houston, my least favorite city, to sleep on my mom's couch. Reality. <laughs> and, and I was like, no. Yeah. Reality. I'm leaving the best coast for back to Texas. Yeah. Um, mm, fun stuff. <sighs> but anyways, when you're not depressed about it, <laughs> when you make your way out of it. Yeah, I mean. How do you do that? I think a lot of people we have to focus at our times on the failures because in those failures we must learn from them not only that but we it teaches us how much resilience we have mm-hmm. to be quite honest you know i think i view myself as a different person because no matter how many times i've heard no or things didn't go according to plan all it made me do was humble myself in that particular moment environment situation and redirect my energy to really think all right this way ain't fitting to work but i have found out this about myself i work well with this person or i met this person or i found this information this tidbit out so i can readjust reformulate and try this from a different perspective i'm not becoming a whole new person with whole new interests a whole new business idea whole new desires wants and dreams it just allows me to formulate that that my experience and craft and get what i need and keep moving forward in the best way possible how long do you think it takes you to like realize Because I, I like to create my reality mm-hmm. and I like to be like, oh, well, this is happening because of this, because it's fitting my plan, whether it's, it's the right plan or not. Mm-hmm. And then finally I'll be like, oh shit, that actually, that was, that was meant to do this. What is your process like, do you think? My process now, I feel, is really being very intentional with every step that I take. So for me, that looks like I get initial idea and I start to interrogate my idea. Mm -hmm. Why do I even want this? How is this going to be beneficial to my larger goals? And when i began this process it was me identifying what my larger goals were for a lot of people that i've run across i feel as though we have this dream that is put in our minds um based off of television shows lived experiences what our parents prescribed for us what we see as successful the doctors the lawyers the those type of people and what i had to do was really realized for myself that that wasn't my version of success and once I realized that it freed me up to think about what was my version of success if I could think about my everyday what would that look like and I realized a couple things surprised me I was different than what I thought I was like I feel like you could be with yourself every day but until you start asking yourself very specific questions you're really like a stranger to yourself so for instance 
I always went to school and was an English or writing major. Mm -hmm. Naturally, that was my disposition. But naturally, what everyone kept telling me was, with the English or writing degree, you're going to be a teacher. Yeah. Naturally, I knew I did not want to be a teacher, Portia. I did not want to deal with kids every day, all day. Right. That does not mean that I don't like kids. I just needed to create an atmosphere that would fit what I did like. So instead of being a teacher, y'all, I'm going to be honest, I became a part, part time nanny, which meant I would work with the family two days out the week and, you know, see what this world was like. Mm -hmm. What appealed nannying to me to begin with was the money. I will be honest. (laughs) I mean, it was non-taxed free money where it was like, I'm watching these kids for no less than $20 an hour and no one is taking a cent of this. This is just money I'm pocketing. But very quickly, (laughs) I realized, Sadia, you keep finding yourself in situations and making an impact on children Mm -hmm. just by being yourself, by infusing their everyday life with creativity. So when we would do homework, when we would do projects, I would do cooking projects with them. I would do art projects with them because I'm a very um, tangible learner. And I felt like if I have to help you with homework, I'm going to do it in a way that I have fun doing it too. I'm not going to be bored with my job or hate this because this is good, easy money for me. Mm -hmm. And eventually that grew. And so it was like something that I didn't feel really good about doing initially. Mm -hmm. I was able to humble myself and say, well, this type of opportunity keep presenting itself to me. So how can I make the best use of that? You know what I mean? And I started applying that mindset to every opportunity, every situation, every environment I found myself in because I knew I was there for a reason and it was my job to figure out why and what appealed to me in that situation and what didn't. So as I move forward, I can identify that as well and build more of an environment and find jobs and experiences that flowed more to who I was and what I enjoyed doing. Absolutely. And, and money. That's the way that it is. So for me, taking my failure in DC and turning it into something um, that I could help other people not experience that or maybe maybe people have to people have to experience it what i wanted to build was a community for people who experience business failure um and it started out as a form of therapy like i Mm -hmm. decided i'm a writer like i said i'm and the whole reason for me starting the magazine it was because i wanted to write Mm -hmm. now i had something to write about that failure that happened so i started my blog which i called ladypreneurly which came out of moving to Atlanta randomly. I could not handle Houston, basically. I had to escape, so I escaped here. Um, And that was random, because I didn't plan on living here at all. It was just kind of like I applied for jobs and got some callbacks, so Mm -hmm. I was like, maybe Atlanta. Um, But I wanted a community, because then how do you make friends when you're like 28? Uh, Where's college with like your little socials and shit like that? Mm -hmm. So going around to these women's groups that were in the city I didn't necessarily feel like that's who I wanted to hang out with because I had just come off of the what at the time was like the worst feeling in my life of losing this magazine that I built and then invited someone into and because of little mistakes lost so I created the community of women that I felt like would be people who could understand me 
just simply by writing and interviewing women like what we're doing right now <laughs> and hearing your story, sharing it with other people and it grew. And um, that's how my little beginnings of Ladypreneur League started. Mm-hmm. Um, making the most of what the worst thing was that could possibly happen. And it was awesome. Making the most of our stories, Portia, like it brings me back to one of the most transitional periods in my life when I was in grad school. This professor introduced me to a woman by the name of Chimimanda Adichie. Um, most of you might know her because she was also featured on Beyonce's mm-hmm. uh, one of her CDs but she has this TED Talks um, entitled The Danger of the Single Story and it really harkens to the power of the narrative and how if constantly represented by a single narrative how people really begin to believe only that narrative construct and towards the ending of my academic life I've begun to see the power and the strength in sharing your personal story and how really if you don't claim your story how you're operating at a disadvantage to be quite honest. I love that because it took me I did not want to tell my DC story. I didn't want to tell it. No, no, no. Because it's it's almost shameful. How did you get to start this you know, Lady Preneur League? I'm like (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know it took me to speak at Fuck Up Night to yeah. tell the story years later. Yeah, I mean, I feel like there is this desire to want to succeed, and I understand you it. Present your and yes, shit. you want to present yourself in a certain way, and it you need to be together. You need all of this. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are no mistakes allowed. Yeah, basically, people are watching. Yeah, but that's unrealistic, and it really takes away from your journey and what you are supposed to be learning through those significant failure, which are actual lessons. Mm -hmm. Those failures create experiences that you learn from, that you grow from, and that you really find your own resilience. You know what I mean? Like it's very important. And I think in the beginning you do, you are embarrassed. Oh Oh my God, this even happened. Things hurt. But eventually you realize, of course you had to go through that. If you were 21 and it just worked, I mean, it's, I mean, that's an unrealistic standard to set forth for us. And then if it is not then spoke about that once you do not get the the result that you thought you deserved, that that allows you to not try it again or it depletes you and you don't set out and say, well, how can I do this and have it even mm-hmm. be better? It definitely shows your character. Yes. I mean, it makes you have character. Yes. Yeah. Yes, it does. More people need to be speaking how it didn't go yeah according to plan but how when it didn't go according to plan how that actually helped us how that actually made us realize i mean this didn't work but i know i want this Mm -hmm. i know i can do this or you're like i need to listen to it didn't work because a lot of the times in dc i'm looking at what we were creating and i didn't like that shit i was like 
this isn't what I had in mind. An mm -hmm. entire photo shoot is not what I had in mind. Damn. And the pictures of us in it, you can see it on the faces, but I'm looking at it like, this is what I wanted to create. And I'm mm -hmm. this far away from my home and I have to stay here and do this because I made this decision mm -hmm. to come here against what people said mm -hmm. and got to realize, actually, no, this yep. is not what you're supposed to be doing, Before. but grateful for the experience. Exactly. And the fact that you had the courage to experience that and mm -hmm. then to acknowledge, this is what I thought I really wanted. And then once I've experienced it, you know what? I don't like it, no. but it also taught me that. Right. And I'm not going to play a blind eye to it. For a lot of these people that get these jobs that they really worked hard for, then they get up in these positions and this is not what they imagine or what they really want. It's like, at what point are you going to stop and say to yourself, this is not actually what I worked for. Mm -hmm. This is not the life that I really <laughs> want or need that this is sustainable. Yeah. I think a lot of people experience that. I mean, we all do at some point. We all do. And it's fun whenever you realize it. I have epiphanies all the time. I had oh. epiphanies this week. We were just no. talking yes. about that. <laughs> you have to realize it. shit. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, oh. So back to this gig life of yours. Mm -hmm. We can get off topic. <laughs> we're still on topic, but still on topic. We can just really explain the shit out of things. Yes. Um. So the first gig you decided to do was becoming a part-time nanny. Well, the yes, my the most sustainable first gig I had was part time nanny. Y'all, that's a good. That's a good topic. Great, look, yeah. I mean, I was <laughs> also a dog gigs. walker. I'm not even gonna lie. I worked up in a hair salon. Oh, what yeah. that hair salon taught me, like some people, oh my god, you have a master's degree and you're working in a hair salon. Heck yeah! First of all, I learned a lot about hair. Mm -hmm. Let's begin there. Secondly, I learned one part of me that a lot of people do not naturally have a disposition to be a talkative greeter mm -hmm. interpersonal communicator yeah. most people do not know even how to answer a phone right. have a conversation on the phone i excelled at that <laughs> of course you not only did i excel at it i enjoyed it and yeah. you know what i learned i I don't like going to networking events, mm -hmm. but I do like having conversations with people right. and naturally revealing who I am, learning who they are and building authentic bonds with individuals. So all of these women that came in to get their hair done soon became friends, associate fans of who I was. Yeah. It was one of the most nurturing environments in that regard. Mm -hmm. In another regard, because of the way the establishment was run, I learned in a very real way, if I had a brick and mortar business, mm -hmm. what type of leader I would be, yeah. how I would create positive atmospheres and environments for my employees to excel. Right. All of that became a lesson to me. But nannying became the thing that stuck for me mm -hmm. because I like the hours. I like the pay. And the reality of it for me was because I am this person that is charismatic naturally, talkative naturally, a giver, a philosophizer. Uh, I think that's how you say it. So, yeah, man. Yeah, man. A theorizer. <laughs> all these things. Nothing. I am a thinker that when I found myself talking to a lot of 
of my peers. I felt like I was giving, giving, giving. And I, I wanted to receive more information, more education. I wasn't getting that from a lot of my peers. Mm-hmm. And to my surprise, Portia, when I started working with these kids, it was like the creativity that I gave. I received a lot from these people. Hmm. So I got paid. I got this. But I also got a lot back that I wasn't even really looking for. But it found me. Interesting. And once I started realizing, dang, I wouldn't have chosen this. But the fact that it chose me and I tried it, mm-hmm. I begun to see the benefits and how I benefited the families I work with, mm-hmm. but how it ultimately benefited me in my personal journey and development. Yeah. I had to see the silver lining and all. Seeing the silver lining. Yes. Um. Yes. Speaking of, I love this. We are great partners with this banter. Yeah, man. Okay. Oh my God. My silver lining story. Yes. Now I get to say what happened. Yes. What happened tell me, tell me, tell me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, here's why we're now a podcast called Go Work Girls and a new app coming out soon. For real. Plug, plug, plug. Go yeah, Work right. Girls. Exactly. So, silver lining. So, um, what happened? In 2014, I am, what, on my. I'm on my New York shit, mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's Atlanta. I'm on mm-hmm. my Atlanta shit with my brand and everything's lovely. Then I start hosting events for Ladypreneur League because I'm understanding it can be a business model. After you get your community built, people want to meet up. Mm-hmm. So we have some events. Um, sure, this you've come to some of the 2014, definitely the workshops we did in 2015. Mm-hmm. And from the time it's 2013 when I first got the idea and Ladypreneur is a newish word, to 2015, Ladypreneur is a popular ass word. Absolutely. I go to trade market. Two applications are in already. And I'm like, oh shit. But mm-hmm. I used it first in commerce. I can actually prove that. So I'm going to go for the battle. One of the women who hosted one of our workshops on intellectual property, which obviously is important to me because of all these little decisions I've made, um, was my lawyer. And so we decide to oppose the women who are currently trying to trademark the application or register registration um, and decide to do it myself. So I oppose one woman successfully. The next one, I forget about the damn deadline. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I remember the next week, which is really, really how things choose you. How did I forget something that was so, so important? important. <laughs> and mm-hmm. then it gets approved and I'm like okay do I still try it well of course because this is when that comes in when I um, have to make things fit my plan as opposed to being like early on maybe you should try something different already but that's what that's what we're supposed to do or at least what I'm supposed to do which is what I want to do <laughs> so <laughs> go ahead and decide to do the Ladypreneur trademark um, it does not go through. We oppose that and it still doesn't go through. So now here I am in June left with an idea of, do you spend a shit ton of money that you do not have to try to have this thing you created? That's really not even in its full capacity at the moment because of certain life changes, job changes, mm-hmm. no more freelancing. Cause that's not sustainable for the way I spend money. Um, Sadia is good at having money in different places and yeah. not spending. And I like to spend all my cash. So I need it. <laughs> and I needed a fine. I'm a saver. I'm a saver. I'm, I'm a definitely spender. a saver. I like pleasure. I'm like, what can I buy that makes me feel great? Food, 
wine. But I, I don't think it's my natural disposition to save. I think when you have all this school debt looming oh, over you, right. it's like you can't. I mean, every ten dollars matters. I was also <laughs> irresponsible and was like, "Oh, student loans. I'll I pay know. those when I can." <laughs> Uh, I, I I deferred as for as long as I could. Yeah. Eventually, reality Sometimes just Sometimes you hit just gotta, me. yeah. I mean, you have to. So I pay my loans now. Yeah, me too. You can't defer it's in not your 30s. No. Unless you're in school. Yeah. <laughs> which <laughs> like, means accumulating more debt, which right. is no longer I'm optional. done with school in that way. In Unless that I'm way. Learning on, I mean, in yeah, that way. Exactly. Yes, 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 yes. That's a whole nother podcast, too. Yes, because yes. we're still learning. I'm teaching with my with my thing. Yeah. So long story short, I decide to take the best parts of Ladypreneur League that I liked and revamp into something that can be uniquely mine mm-hmm. um, and still promote what I was feeling. So I'd already experienced the failure in D.C. I didn't really see this as a failure. I was like, I'm just going to keep it moving. I'm going to keep working. So Go Work Girls came to my mind and I wanted to stylize it because the internet is the internet mm-hmm. and I want it to be, um, I don't know, in line with tech, you know, I really like this women in tech thing. Um, and so I decided with the really elaborate, it was a really beautiful business plan I had for Lady Premier League, but it was too much. Take out parts and decide that that's going to be go work girls. I love networking. I love, um, connecting dots and making sure that you know somebody that you're supposed to know because y'all need to work together. And so, like I said, I love tech. I wanted to put that aspect um, of the league into an app. Mm -hmm. And so now you will be able to go to one place and find women that you want to work with no matter, um, well, I'm not going to say no matter the category because I'm lying. It definitely has restrictions right now because Mm -hmm. money and building apps. But eventually I want you to be able to go to this community, find the woman you want to work with, whether you're launching your business, you need branding, or you're building your basement out and need an interior designer. Bam, which I am currently doing. So that she helped me today think of the next level for the app. <laughs> so that will be that. And then, of course, we'll have this podcast where we'll interview people like Sadia who might have a regular spot if she wants to come talk to y'all about her mindset practices and life skills that we all need help with. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And what else? Um, I'm like, what else am I doing? Podcast, app. Oh, I'll still have... Um, workshops and networking events because I like bubbles and um, food too mm-hmm. and I like connecting women so that is the 2.0 version of Lady Premier League which is now Go Work Girls it's so my hope for Go Work Girls is that you know we really help people you know make the best use of the skills they've developed through their life and really reclaim what they like who they are and find this happy place where that can meet so you can really live the life that you want every damn day and not in a corny way no (laughs) not at all because i hate that yeah no okay so one last time sidia will you tell us who you are well, we know who you are. Tell us what it is that you do and how we can find you. We want everyone out here to be able to come do some creative living with Sadia whenever whenever they need to. I'm a practical life skills educator and mindset coach. You know, even though you won't find me taking photographs or designing a website or even drawing beautiful illustrations, I've always deemed myself a creative. Okay. 
you know, well, let me be honest, a contemporary creative. I actually use creative strategies and concepts in my everyday life that allow me to live on my own terms. So I help people, usually little people. Mm-hmm. When I say little people, I mean under the age of 15. <laughs> and declare their dreams um, with creative solution designed to alleviate the load of everyday life. Um, by helping to dispel the limiting thoughts and ultimately assist people in finding the audacity to make their dreams a reality. Hmm. Okay, so what do I actually do on a day-to-day basis? Break this down. First thing is I provide, or let me say like this, I have sprinkled a little innovation on the child care sector. Okay. Okay? Follow me here. Um <laughs> <laughs> I make use of everyday moments and touchable things to ignite children's natural interests and skills through personalized activities that help them be self-reflective, develop their entrepreneurial and interpersonal skills. All right. I call these meaningful and crafty play dates. Okay. If you are a working parent, like a lot of us are beginning to be, um, child care is a major thing nowadays. And instead of just plopping them in front or plopping your kids in front of a television or getting that handy dandy iPad or hiring a complete random to babysit your child, I have designed personalized experiences that teach your children how to make the most and learn from everyday experiences. That's one way. Um, the second way is um, I have real talk sessions with people. I help them get their mindsets together. Um, real talk about real life is what I've dubbed it. Monthly conversations supporting authentic and creative living decisions. While building my creative care company, basically, um, I built a journey toward intentional, meaningful, and sustainable living. And we can have a whole podcast about that too, okay? But basically what I realized, a lot of these parents, because I charge a couple of dollars for my childcare services, Mm -hmm. a lot of the parents that I was speaking to, they were really drawn to my lifestyle, even though I probably don't make half as much money as them. Mm -hmm. And um, I began to listen to their truths. I started to slowly un- unveil their dreams and I just offer a different perspective, Portia. I think a lot of people look at life and we know what we're supposed to do. Right. We know what's expected of us. And I want to help people not only do what's expected of them, but what they actually want to do mm-hmm. for themselves. So that's what my real talk sessions really help people with. Um, so, yeah, that's what I'm out in these streets doing with Creative Living with Sadia. Got it. If you want to find out more, visit me at sadiabell.com. S-Y-D-I-A-B-E-L-L.com. And that concludes our very first ever Go Work Girls podcast episode. Thank you so much, everyone, for tuning in and listening to me and Sadia talk about fun stuff that wasn't fun at the time. <laughs> but now it's great to share and be able to hopefully help you guys see things um, in a nice, lighter way or maybe reaffirm some things you were already thinking. Um, definitely let us know what you think. Feel free to post a comment 
Um, on one of our social media platforms, I guess you can DM me on the Instagram if you want. I like email, so you can send me one of those. It is my name, P-O-R-S-H-A, at Go Work Girls. That's going to be G-O-W-R-K-G-R-L-S dot I-O. Um, and yeah, tell me what's up, what info you want to hear us cover next. That would be good. Um, and just what you think. Okay. See you guys later. Have some fun.